0: Hello and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of 614 Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth.
1: Yes, and welcome to Rescuing Churches, the official podcast of 614 Ministries. I am your host, Josh Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by 614 Ministries founder and executive director, my father, Stan Gibbons. So, a part of what we're all about here at 614 Ministries uh, is... Encouraging pastors. We do a lot of church revitalization work, and you can learn all about that on our website and our social media platforms. And we've discussed some of that um, at length already in previous episodes. When it comes to encouraging pastors, that can take various forms. Sure. Sometimes it's in the midst of hard times, difficult times when you need that fellow minister to vent to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see a lot of that just being a pastor's kid. I see you know, you, you have people in your life and in your world that you're able to just call up and talk to at length. You know, when you just need to walk out in the driveway and have that moment exactly. as a pastor exactly. where you just need to vent about something that's going on in church life or ministry world. Um, we pay and, something down the driveway and hope the neighbors aren't <laughs> listening. So. Exactly. Exactly. And then sometimes you have those moments that are even more. Um, maybe emotional in nature, where you need that fellow pastor that you can just cry with about something. You know, you've gone through a, a tragedy or a loss, or there's something that's happened to your church or in your church. Or to you personally. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then sometimes there's other moments where you just need to be able to laugh oh, and yeah. share really, really funny, good, uh, lighthearted, humorous, encouraging stories um, with each other. And I know from being with you at Little Old Camp. Eunice in Roberta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Shout out to all of our camp friends that might be listening. Uh, I hope they're all doing well. That One of your favorite things to do there is sit around and talk with other pastors um, and share stories with them. So that's kind of what we're going to do here a little bit of today. So after 40 years in ministry, you have some crazy stories to tell. So share one of those with us. Well, I'll
0: tell you how that all gets started is um, when I was in Bible college, First year of Bible college, I came home for the summer, to, back to Mobile from Birmingham, and I wanted to to meet the pastor that was my pastor when I was in elementary school. His name was Jack Maples. My mother's a maple, so he's some relative of ours. I've never exactly figured out what relative, <laughs> but he was the pastor of Liberty Park Baptist Church in Crichton. Uh, church building is still there, and uh, and he lived a few blocks away from there, a few houses down from there, and... Uh, I just wanted to go let him know that the bratty, snotty little kid that was in his his uh, Sunday school classes, um, probably terrorized Sunday school and church services. I sat with my grandma. My parents didn't, they were running a restaurant when I was there, but I sat with my grandma through that service, Grandma Maples. And uh, I just wanted him to know that that guy is now in Bible college and there's there's hope. So maybe there's hope. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but we'll see. Right. And I really wanted to ask him if I could glean some some information from him. I'm seeking this career calling as a pastor, and I'm 19, and I'm in my first year of Bible college, and I'd like to talk to him about what he's learned, what's happened, and all that. And the afternoon on his front porch is probably one of the highlights of my life, uh, sitting with him. A lot of wisdom, and then just a ton of humor. Uh, So much so, as I mentioned to you before we started this, that my sides, uh, my diaphragm underneath my rib cage were sore for two days from laughing so hard (laughs) at all his crazy stories. Um, And I'll just tell you one of my favorite ones that he tells is a Sunday night service at at the little church in Crichton, uh, Liberty Park Baptist, where uh, he felt very convicted as he prepared his notes the Lord was telling him somebody's going to get saved tonight. There will be a salvation in church tonight. And he was convinced God was going to bring somebody in the church. Most of the people were there, regular attenders, especially Mm -hmm. on a Sunday night service. So he's thinking there's some man that needs, you know, needs to repent. There's some woman that's going to fully surrender her life, and it's going to be awesome. And so he preaches his heart out. And it's a little country church church. Um, it's, it's really an inner city kind of thing, but a very small church. And um, it's an older church building, and this is in the uh, late 50s, early 60s. Windows are all open. There's no air conditioning in the building. I remember that growing up. Windows are all open, back doors propped open um, to let air in. The women have their little fans on the stick from the funeral homes they right. fan <laughs> themselves with, all that. all that setting. And he's up, just pacing back and forth in his three-piece suit, preaching his heart out. Heavyset fella, sweating, Classic. having a yeah, having a great uh, ministry call, believing that tonight's the night somebody's going to get genuinely saved in the service. That's part of their church. And when he gives the invitation, he calls the pianist up. She begins to play uh, the music, and they sing two and then three verses of a hymn, and nobody budges. And he's given up, you know tearful invitation wow. to come to Christ and nobody's moving and he's just convinced. So we're not leaving till somebody gets saved, till whatever <laughs> the Holy Spirit's clearly told him somebody has to get saved tonight. And so he asked the church to go to prayer and they hum a verse and uh, then then the pianist is going to play a verse and, and still nobody's standing. And so he's thinking we need to we need to actually close our eyes. Maybe whoever it is is embarrassed to come down. Mm-hmm, so we're mm-hmm. going to close our eyes and we're all going to pray and trust God for this moment for somebody to receive Christ. And, and he remembers kneeling down at the little railing in front of the pulpit there. I still picture that in my head to this day of that church kneeling down on the, you know, pastoral side of that, waiting on somebody to come down that aisle on that tile floor. And, uh, every head bowed, every eye closed. You guys pray hard for God to do a work and piano's playing soft. And eventually he hears rattling of keys. And he's thinking, "Man, God's done it." You know, somebody somebody's coming down. Whoo! Somebody's coming down the aisle. Some, you know, some man pocket full of changing keys is coming down the aisle. And uh, he tells me that when he looked up, he looked down the aisle, and he looked up. His dog, from several houses down, had broken its chain. Oh man! And came dragging his chain down that aisle, and was sitting, sitting, staring right at him. Uh, at the the altar, and so he always tells me, he said, look, I don't know about your dog going to heaven, I'm a thousand percent sure (laughs) that my dog is going to heaven, because he came at an invitation, he had to break his chains, think about that analogy, think (laughs) about that analogy, he had to break the chains of bondage. His chains are gone, that's that's amazing grace right there. That's amazing grace, and he's convinced when he gets to heaven, his dog will be there waiting on him, so... (laughs) that's awesome so he he told a dozen of those and had
1: me just side splitting so that kind of got me into the i'm waiting for chris Tallman to write a verse into amazing grace my chains are gone about his dog (laughs) that's right that's right he (laughs) drug his chain all the way down the block (laughs) that's awesome so those are the kind of stories that that
0: he got me understand. and then of course sitting around camp Mm -hmm. we just get to tell great stories all the time and and humorous stories we're gonna have some of those guys on the podcast eventually and them tell their their side of the story, but um, I, I remember my first experience here at Northside, my very first Sunday to preach as a full time pastor. Once they called me, um, I was called into the pulpit here and came down, and it was a weird Sunday for a number of reasons. My first Sunday as a full time pastor, but the music director, a guy named Chris, that you know, oh yeah, uh, yep. he was our, he was our music guy at the time uh, and lead, leads the music here. Kind of leads to the service. Um, he was on in Europe on a mission trip with University of Mobile, and so he had a friend of his mm-hmm. come cover mm-hmm. him for music. So you had a guest musician, right. guest worship leader, and a brand new pastor at a at a church that had some traditions that I wasn't aware of. Right, and so I have what's called the. I call this the Pavlov doxology, but I remember when, when the, when I was totally done, we, we had a kind of a rough start to our music service. It was back when we were using overhead transparencies and that wasn't going well. So this poor, this poor new guy's got these transparencies (laughs) that he's got to get up and somebody's got to put them in and he's, nobody knows the songs he's singing. So the transparencies are never right. So that one, that went not well. And then, and then, but I'm going to preach my first sermon here, man, and I'm going to knock it out of the park and, and I did that, and I had an altar call, and nobody budged, and <laughs> of course, <laughs> used to that, and uh, nobody budged, and then it's just time to pray and uh, so i I closed in prayer um, I remember growing up my my pastor here would close in prayer, um, and I did that, I closed in prayer, and when I looked up, everybody raised their head, and I'm standing behind the big wooden pulpit we used to have, looking out at the congregation, and I said, "Thank you for coming, you're all dismissed." And nobody moved a muscle. I mean, you could hear crickets chirping. The music guy, the new, the the you know loner music guy, standing over my shoulder at the little parson's pew, and I'm looking at him like, "Did I just say you're dismissed?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm looking at him, and and he's looking at me with his sh- shoulders shrugging his shoulders, and I said, "Well, thank y'all for being here today. You're dismissed." And second time, nobody moved a muscle. And it's like they're frozen in time. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> it's like I'm watching Twilight Zone. And I'm at a loss. I'm really standing here going, why that, won't they leave? That I you forget know? to announce something? Yeah. Are they all trying to get saved again? What's yeah. the you know? <laughs> my, the is idea? my message that good? There's yeah. all that question in your head. But it's really, no, something's wrong. Your head's going, something's wrong, something's, something's, something's wrong, here. something's wrong. And praise God, one of our, he's now one of our elders, but one of the men of the board at the time realized what the problem was right? and wasn't afraid to actually help. And so <laughs> from the congregation, he started singing the doxology. Praise God from <laughs> whom. And as soon as he started, the whole church sang it, and then they walked out. And it's like Pavlov's response. is like, well, we can't budge till that song till is done. Till that song is actually. Yeah, we have to sing the song <laughs> to go. So it was one of those moments where I'm like, wow that was weird and of course as soon as that's it's hilarious. over he comes up and tells me hey we're not used to leaving until i'm like well we're gonna get over that it's, i mean we yeah. can <laughs> sing that a few times here and there but we're not going to sing it every sunday especially as dull as we make it sound like a gregorian chant yeah, when we please. sing it so so but it was it was a great uh reminder to me that i didn't know what i was doing actually uh very new to all of this
1: so that's hilarious and I know there's a story about uh, in your in your early years, along with that one about some plastic flowers.
0: Yes, uh, we we had for years. We had these two giant planters on stage. Uh, they were literally three feet tall themselves, and then you put plants on top of them, make them you know, four and five feet tall. Our music guy was like five foot six, maybe. Mm-hmm, so he had mm-hmm. to stand between the pulpit and the planners for you to see him. Right, right. I remember that. Um, but these planners were where the the ladies would bring out and put these plastic flowers. And my first few months here, um, after a service, there was a couple of ladies in, the, in my office waiting on me when I got done. And um, I could tell they were agitated. Something wasn't exactly right. And... Um, the next thing I know, one of them's got me by the, my coat sleeve, uh, shoulder of my coat sleeve and is dragging me back through the sanctuary, <laughs> all the way down the side <laughs> of the sanctuary around into our foyer area where we have a couple of rooms off to each side. And one of those rooms is a prayer room. The other side at the time we have, a, it's a library now. Um, but at the time it was the plastic plant room. And some of the pastors I know, we, we I told this story at the um, pastors.
1: Um, oh, the pastors conference, pastors right, conference right. in Macon. Yep. Um, so
0: I know there are because I had a lot of pastors uh, yeah. in that room that day. Yeah, came, I know what the plastic flower room <laughs> yeah. looks like. Hey, we've got one of those too. I didn't know what it was <laughs> at all till she walked me in there and showed me. There's a million. It looked like Hobby Lobby
1: exploded yeah, in the room. This is our little mini Bell and Grass. Yes, exactly.
0: Here. <laughs> but it's Hobby Lobby kind of thing. <laughs> And and they she took me in there and she said, you didn't change the plants this week. She was furious. And I'm like, I didn't do what? You're supposed to change the plants. It's not the season for those colors anymore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at how I'm dressed. Do you think I have any clue about seasonal flowers or anything like that? And I just told the ladies, I said, look, if y'all want those plants changed, if you want to rotate flowers... That's going to be on you. Adopt a Sunday school class into that ministry, take it on personally, get a couple mm-hmm. ladies you like doing it that you trust. I said, but you do not want me putting flowers
1: hey, out. Hey, we just talked about serving. Here's your opportunity Floor, to serve right sure. here. That's <laughs> exactly right. Previous
0: one, here's your chance to serve.
1: Here's your chance so, to serve. But
0: I remember getting in huge trouble for not knowing about the plastic plants. And How dare you? <laughs> that's, in my Bible college days, nobody had a plastic there plant was class. No class. There was no on, class on that. Not even a golly, seminar. We didn't have a
1: seminar on That's so disappointing. But I had to learn. So disappointing. I had to learn. Oh, if plastic flowers aren't enough, most people don't know or, or, you know, are completely unaware that. The pastor that they're listening to right now is also a convicted felon. So yes, um, yes, I've a, yeah. a criminal record. Yeah, so
0: that's and my my uh, police friends tell me I need a teardrop tattoo
1: to go with. Yeah, that. you went you went to jail one time, um, thanks to the board of the church I currently serve. Yes. Right, and you actually still serve here, which is is a very impressive to yeah. me that I you're, hung still, in there. you're still serving at the church that sent you to jail. So yes. Um, Why did you go to jail?
0: So we used to have Sunday night board meetings uh, very long. After our Sunday night service, we would have a couple of hours of board meetings. And the board— in all my years at any church, not just this church, but boards take a long time to make decisions. Typically, you have to dialogue it a bunch. We got to go back and think about it again. We got to come back and talk about it. A lot they're, of the decisions we the make.
1: Congresses of churches.
0: <laughs> a lot of the decisions we make seem to just go at snail's paces. Oh, Even yeah. though you, oh, yeah. as a pastor, you just really want somebody to go ahead and do that. Let's get that done. You're just waiting for them to come to that conclusion. Well, this particular night I'm re- referring to, Uh, Somebody had recommended we cut all the pine trees from the front lot from our our roadside um, down on University Boulevard. We cut all the pine trees out. There were these little scrub pines. They weren't big, um, probably none of them more than 15, 20 feet tall. They weren't giant. They were scrappy looking. They were not healthy. Um, They dropped a ton of limbs and pine straw and pine cones all over the slope of our front hill but because of them you could not see our bu- physically see our building and so somebody suggested hey we really need to have a better frontage we should cut all those pine trees down a couple of the guys agreed with that we did a you know who votes for that i second who seconds that motion the next thing you know we've actually had a thought and a decision and made an agreement. And one of the guys in the meeting said, I know a guy that can get that done. I'll contact him Monday. We'll see what can happen. By Wednesday of that week, we had over 40-something trees, small pine trees, removed from the front of our lot. Mm. Looked fantastic. Impressive. It was awesome. <laughs> and we'd actually made a decision and done it. Also on Wednesday of that week, there was a note attached to the door of the church, a pink note attached to the door of our church, which was the carbon copy of the You Need to Contact the Forestry Department of Mobile County Uh, because you've violated some trees that didn't belong to you. And apparently, nobody thought through where the property line going down toward the road was. Of course not. And we cut down a bunch of our trees and a bunch of their trees, a bunch of the city trees, And so the city of Mobile Forestry Department was very unhappy with us and needed me to come down to court and deal with that. I recommended to our board at the time that we... Uh, hire a lawyer to go with me sure and they're like oh no this is simple we've talked to the guys at the forestry department already by phone they just want the guy that cut the trees down he
1: didn't get you're, a permit to cut them you're sitting there thinking i need a lawyer i've watched enough TV yeah i know exactly I, need
0: a I know how this is going to go
1: <laughs> i need a lawyer
0: but they're actually saying the the forestry department's not upset with they're not going to do anything to a church of course they're not Um, What they want to do is the guy that you hired to cut the trees has been in town a couple of times. He's from out of town. He comes Mm -hmm. into town and cuts trees without a permit. And the permit's free, but there's a fine if you don't get a permit. And they're trying to make sure he gets his fines, and he gets he learns the lesson that you have to do what you're told to do by our rules. So we're after that guy. So that didn't comfort me at all because I'm the guy that's got to stand in front of the judge. right? But it made the board very comfortable. And two board members, (laughs) the chairman (laughs) and the vice chairman at the (laughs) time— drove me down to court, uh Mobile County Courthouse, where where my name was on the docket <laughs> <laughs> as a minister, Reverend Stan Gibbons on the docket. And I remember the judge when he when he called my name, he he looked at the forestry department and said, He's a reverend? Like, we have a reverend that we're gonna get in trouble for this? <laughs> and they said, you know, it was his trees. Now I have this one great line. It's like I'm, you know, watch Perry Mason enough. And, you know, I've got this one great line like Matlock. I'm going to just zing this line out. The, the judge said, um, you know, did you cut the trees down? And my perfect line is we hired a professional tree man to cut the trees. And we expected him to distinguish and the, and the take, pro- the take care of the property yeah. lines and he, all that.
1: He's supposed to know
0: all that. He's supposed to handle all that. We hired a professional. Right. Well, the professional that's standing to my left has two lawyers. Ah. The city has 10 lawyers standing Ah. next to them. I'm standing there by myself. And the professional whispers to his lawyers, and then the lawyer speaks back to the judge. The judge says, what do you have to say to that? How's
1: how's that sermon you preached on uh, Jesus being your lawyer working out for you right now? (laughs) That's right. Where
0: is my advocate?
1: Yeah, where's your advocate? (laughs) Where is my advocate?
0: That's ringing in my head right now. (laughs) Exactly. So the, the lawyers next to the man that cut the trees down after he whispers to them, says to the judge, they told us exactly which trees to cut, Mm -hmm. which left me nowhere to go. I wasn't involved in any of that. I was on the I was in the board meeting, but I'm not even a legal member of our board. Right. I have no authority in this at all, except my name's on the sign in front of our church. Right. <laughs> the stupid church sign <laughs> says, Reverend Stan Givens. And now they've got to write That's... something on their piece of paper. They tacked the Which door. Which is why they came after you in the first And it's my name. Yes. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, I am sentenced to 60 days, not hours, Days of community service. I'm, I've had, I have my phone taken away, my wallet taken away. I'm taken out by a bailiff into another building and I'm, I'm put in a room with a whole bunch of other people that are in solid color (laughs) jumpsuits. And I have to meet (laughs) with a guy and talk about my community service. And when he told him, I remember him telling me, um, we're going to, you're sentenced to 60 days of community service. I looked at him. I said, do you know what I do for a living? It's community service. Everything I do is community (laughs) service. (laughs) service. Everything I do is community (laughs) service. (laughs) And he said, "Well, that doesn't qualify." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "We're well, gonna have to like pick up paper on the side of the road with a group or whatever." And I'm like, that, "Oh, that kind of community service? I got to do that for 60 days?" I'm like, "You got to be out of your mind!" So, long story short is the the forestry. I called the judge and the forestry department made some some amends to us and helped us get mm-hmm. ourselves back to a place where I could have a seminar here about trees tree seminar uh, (laughs) with the board, and we would be off the hook. I remember. remember. The guys never showed up for the tree seminar after we planned it three times, and then the judge said, you're off the hook, and actually, supposedly uh, expunged my records. So that was my little stint in jail, and uh, not a very fun time. But I learned a lot to uh, when a board makes a decision really fast.
1: So so when you were in there, you know, just looking around at any of those guys in orange jump shoots or no conversations, you know, like, hey, how did, hey, you, how get did you get in here? here? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. How, how did you get in here? Oh, I'm yeah. a pastor. That's how I got here. <laughs> That's right. I'm the pastor. <laughs> we cut a tree down. so yeah. I'm a pastor. Chopped we down Cut a tree. down 21 trees that weren't ours. Got yeah. thrown in jail. <laughs> so it, was a, it was quite a tra- challenging day. All right. Well, if there's anything, I guess, that can be learned from that, it's that life in the ministry is unpredictable. That's exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. And, and we need to be able as pastors to tell those stories to each
0: other sometimes. We, we laugh till we cry at camp when a bunch of us get together. We just laugh till we cry sometimes over how funny that is. And uh, my handle at camp um is chainsaw oh that's, that's right that's they right they call me at camp over the radio is chainsaw so <laughs> yep you're because i've told yeah. yeah and pa- my door do- the door of the room where i stay at camp is says givens tree service so they <laughs> they're not gonna let that down
1: that's awesome all right well thanks dad so much for your time and we hope that you've all been encouraged by this particular message Laugh some um, this week especially yeah yeah take take some time to laugh this week And uh, continue listening to all these episodes of Rescuing Churches, and you can learn more about us at our official website, 614ministries.org, and you can continue to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter at 614 Rebuild.